For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. You've tuned in, now you're going to get turned on to The Geek Show. I'm Quentin Flynn. People know me as Axel, who says, got it memorized, you should. The Geek Show, it rocks. Welcome to the Geek Show, the Geek Show UK and the Geek Show Podcast Network and the Geek Show, Geek Show, Geek Show, Geek Show, Geek Show. And uh, this week we're talking about new horror. And uh, I'm Rob. And on the show this week we have other people too who aren't willing to talk. So I'll just monologue this. Uh, Hello. First story in the news. <laughs> Hello. I just thought we'd leave it down to you because it's just it's just easier that way. It yeah. is. We'll just sit here and watch you. It's, it's with our eyes. You were having a little breakdown. I was just going to no, no. That was it. last week. That was last week's episode where I asked what we're going to do this week, and it basically ended up me having a rant about lederhosen. That was me breaking <laughs> that, down. That, that was me poking him with the stick as he was broken down, uh, breaking down. Yeah. Okay, go. What are we doing next week? Lederhosen. <laughs> so yeah, let's do a show about things that keep your pants up. That's clever. Let's do that. Uh, we should, we I totally should have done that. that. I could. I could have talked for hours about suspenders. <laughs> yes. Ah, actually, I forgot about suspenders. I was just going with dungarees and belts and later hose, and that's what I was with. Braces? I forgot about them as well. Rope. Yeah, rope. What are you and Oh, no. I can't do that Charlie joke. Chaplin. I did and a, I did a, and con- in an emergency, you just tie a knot in your trousers themselves. <laughs> I did a controversial <laughs> the joke last week. You can't do another belt one. buckle hook. Hooking it around the front, like the, the button yeah. of your jeans. I watched a exactly. gold rush yesterday, and the bit where, you know, he ties his... He ends up getting like a dog lead and ties it around his waist. When yeah. you said gold rush, I thought you meant the chaser for a minute, and I was thinking, hang on, that doesn't happen in the chaser. I mean, the chaser was in the, the TV show, not in the movie. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I don't anyway. There's probably, there's probably, I think there was a Jasper Carrot um, quiz show called Gold Rush, actually, in which nobody knew what the hell was going on in it, if memory serves. Yeah. Ah, dear time TV. But we have news. We have news. Yes, we do have news. We're going to start off with the obvious news which is the new star wars trailer came out it even made bbc news is well i think the immediate thing to say is because on back to the future day and done i don't need to say anything about it controversial <laughs> i don't care about back to the future neither do i 
That's why we're not talking about back to no, the I'm future just, day. It's a, it's a white elephant, and that white elephant has been put out of pasture. So right. No, no, no. All I'm saying is we it's been ha- killed nobody, for its ivory. Nobody had mentioned back to the future day until you said it. All right, Rob's Granddad. A, Rob's a secret back to the future lover. Yeah, I know. I'm getting so if you could email well. all your pictures <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> with the tagline Rob... Um, in your subject uh, to studio at thegeekshow.co.uk um, all your back to the future fan fiction will do nicely yes <laughs> you'll have a fun time reading that it's not even supposed to be a trilogy it's supposed to be two movies yeah I'm not, be- I'm not helping I'm not no, no, it was supposed to be one movie wasn't it it was supposed to be one and two and three were supposed to be like a, a second movie yeah oh uh, yeah. yeah anyway yes but yeah, the but Star Wars trailer is out what do you guys think it's a Star Wars trailer. Yeah, yeah that's right. it, it is. It really is a Star Wars trailer. <laughs> that was a great news story, Rob. That doesn't, <laughs> it, that doesn't tell me anything. Give me, give well, me to, a second, To Rob. be fair, most of the people would have already watched it by now. They've all mm. formed their own opinions, and you, you can't really tell them what to think. No, I know that. I'm asking what you think, not what they think. Uh, I literally thought, it's all right. I also thought it was all right. But this I, is great. This yeah, is no. great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no... <laughs> Get serious now. It, it seems like they're keeping a lot of stuff, you know, quite secretive. There's still uh, the main one. Of the main complaints was that uh, you know Mark Hamill's uh, still not shown. It was like rumored that he was him, but again, there's a massive rumor going around that he might be the actual villain in this. Well, I hope it's the last trailer because I hope they don't do what I, Marvel Studios have been doing and releasing like a trailer every month. So I by the time you it, get to the film, you think, oh, oh, that's that bit from that trailer, and that bit from that trailer. Where was this? I, f- I hope this is the last one where you think there's lots of surprises. I think it'll there. be the last trailer and then we'll get brief little clips, but that's about it. No, I don't like that. I don't like the whole TV spot thing and stuff like that. It's a very it'll American happen. thing. It'll yeah, it's an American thing. I, I, I don't like that. I think I think Disney have basically just... Oh, it's Disney just... was on it, so yeah, it's going to be loads of stuff, yeah. Of course it is. And yeah. stupid uh, me. Also, around the same time, all the tickets for like you know the first showings came out and apparently like that does... Like most places were sold out instantly. Yeah, a lot of ticket websites um, reported just crashed because that many people were trying to book tickets to see it. Well, not day. just not just that. There was loads of people who were getting like bundles of tickets so they could actually uh, make money on it. Yeah, Touts. there's loads on eBay touting. Yeah, there's a lot on eBay tooting. That's yes, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but, in terms of in terms of regardless of whether you're a fan of Star Wars or not. Does it? Does the trailer give you hope for the franchise after the first trilogy? I was disappointed with the lack of lens flare. Bad JJ Abrams. That's yeah. the only thing he's good for. Put the lens flare back in. No, no, but it's only a trailer. You, you've got to give him some time. You know, it might be all it's not over even the, real lens flare. It might, it might be all over the rest of the movie. It's not even real lens flare. He puts it in in post production. The liar. What do you? What do you mean? First trilogy. Like, I don't mean the first first trilogy. I don't mean episode four. Onwards. It's going to be a trilogy of trilogies. As in prequels. Yeah, you mean the, the terrible trilogy. The, tra- the terrible trilogy, which kind of made everyone depressed about Star Wars and went, mm. Well, the thing I like is, is that the it seems the this trailer has a lot seri- more serious tone to it, which this, I think this, it needs to. Yeah, second woman in the universe in this one. Oh, I know. There yeah. was the first, and now there's a second one. But so yeah, if it, well. I think it needs that serious tone, and that's was, I think, the main issue with the prequels that I did have this very much light-hearted approach to it. And the other thing, there's the first black man ever, apparently, in these movies, according yeah, to the I'm, internet reaction. I'm just wondering Actually, what they forgot Mace about Windu the was. fact that Mace Windu was played by Samuel Jackson, and um, the voice of Darth Vader was... Oh, I forgot his name. Um, 
No, no, about you... Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lando, Lando Calrissian. Calrissian. Yeah. I think he's been paying attention to anything like, these literally, people. No, no, but you've got to understand, Lando, uh, Lando is actually white. Samuel L. Jackson is actually white. Uh, the voice of Darth Vader, to James fair, L. Jones, is actually one. white. The only real black person in the first six movies was Jar Jar Binks. To be fair, um, um, Lando was turning into um, Han Solo. He did actually wear it. his clothes in yeah, one so scene, which is really I'm, I'm going to wear your clothes in your ship and touch your Wookiee. Mm. J- Jango... <laughs> The, uh, can the we call this episode that? I'm going to touch your Wookiee. I don't think it's related, but anyway, Ryan, go the, on. The clones, Jango Fett and Boba Fett, they are not white. No, 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 no. no. Have these people been paying any attention to anything in Star Wars ever? No. Clearly not. Clearly not. It's probably the same crowd that's just like, oh, there's no person that's done the thing, but... And then you show I, them and they go, I want but a, no, that's wrong. I want a Japanese samurai <laughs> Jedi. Maybe they're all like Richard Pryor from right. See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Just what, I'm black? <laughs> <laughs> you mean I'm not white? <laughs> that explains so much. We're quoting, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No racism. There's no, there's no racism things here. Yeah. It's fine. There's a... But yeah, the, but I'm, 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 ex- I'm excited for it. I don't think this trailer is the one that made me excited. I think it was the second. This is the third trailer now, isn't it? No, I, think it's, I think they've had like uh, two trailers and one teaser. I don't oh, know what yeah, the difference. A teaser. Between, what the is the difference between a teaser and a trailer? A teaser's like a minute. A teaser's like a minute. Yeah, it used I thought a it had lot some, of teaser <laughs> yes, so, Sam's kind of uh, depicting my idea of a teaser quite well. <laughs> Well, I, I, do you know what? It was, n- it was something with feathers. Well, to be honest, to be honest, that that tra- teaser trailer did finish with a sort of Star Wars moment, like you know, rubbing yeah. its nipples, which you know, <laughs> just by dropping Han Solo on the on the world like that. Yeah, like, no, so, Han Solo is the little riding crop that goes. <laughs> for, for me, what actually got me excited was something that happened after a teaser uh, or or a trailer. I don't know which one, and it was when they showed the actual physical robot. That's on oh the yeah, wheel. yeah, that yeah. got me oh, excited BBS. because practical effects are back. You know, it's going to make a lot of money. I was so worried that they well. do exactly the yeah. same thing they did in the other films, and this kind of put my mind at rest because I prefer practical effects over mm. CG. Oh, yeah, Have yeah. you seen those like little BBS that you can get? They're like hundred and twenty pound. Yeah. There's like there's some like really like there's a rubbish like another company's doing like a really like cheap rubbish one, but you can actually buy like the little BB eights and I think they connect via Bluetooth and you can actually access them on your phone. But they can do all sorts of cool stuff, like they can like take like projections of you and actually put the holograms on which you can only see. So you can actually do the whole hologram thing with it. That's cool. It's they are really cool and apparently like they sold out like instantly. Of course, the Star Wars fans buy everything instantly, and then keep it in its wrapping, and then never sell it and never play with it. Aww. Or in the case of Jar Jar Binks dolls, bought them and burnt them. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe that's what Jar Jar Binks is. It's just it's just a load of burned Jar Jar Binks toys, sort of gained sentience and started speaking in whatever language that is. Jar. I, I kind of hope that, that there's like a rotten corpse yeah. somewhere in this film of Jar Jar. But yeah, the, I felt like the teaser trailer did its was more effective i felt like it this trailer didn't add much i felt like it they just added like a couple little bits in just to sort of you know tease things another one was yeah. uh the <laughs> this is probably the one i'm most excited for but there's a scene where they're walking uh into some like building and above there is just a load of flags with the mandalorian symbol on it so i was like oh so who's the young female character supposed to be ah i've completely it looks it, it looks like luke's 
daughter. Is it Luke's daughter or that's what, they, that's or what the trailer and Leia's daughter? The trailer implied it was one of Leia's daughters. I can't remember because. I didn't pay that much attention, obviously. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it seems oh. like if from the trailer at the minute she is a scavenger, and there's also like another scene. Where actually, I think you could be right because there's a scene where she sat down looking out, and it's also a, a reflection of the original Star Wars film where Luke's looking out into the two moons. So it's mm. very much a, it does imply that it's yeah. implying. So okay, doesn't necessarily mean it's Luke's daughter though. It implies it though. It implies that it implies they're related in some way, but it could yeah. be Han and Leia's daughter. There's no such thing as cousins in Star Wars. You stupid. That's ridiculous. There's no such thing as brother and sister. If Empire Strikes Back is to be, yeah, he's got such a weirdly <laughs> small worldview. I mean, it can have fish head man, but it can't have cousins. It's but, it's really weird. But the way they have presented Mark Hamill, I really do think he could be the villain. I think you'd make a great villain as well, actually. Well, Unless he, he has to be doing the Joker stick, though, otherwise I'm not buying it. No, it's just in, in, the, in, the, in the kind of expanded universe, which is defunct now, they did a graphic novel called Dark Empire, and he became the villain in that. He basically took Vader's place at the side of the, newly born, of the newborn Emperor because the Clone Wars had basically made it so that the Emperor had found a way to achieve immortality by moving his soul from one clone body to another the, the, apparently the main villain is meant to be uh, Admiral Snoke who is uh, the Admiral CG Admiral Snoke uh, yeah does he, like, does he have like a like a tube on uh, we, top no of one knows what he looks <laughs> like he's got a snarf he man snarf and then <laughs> no one knows what he looks like that's uh, the one that it's going to be full, he's going to be full CGI done by Andy Serkis is he going to snark along and snark a happy song uh, I hope he does but yeah no one knows what he looks like but apparently he's like meant to be the main master but okay uh, next news story <laughs> Yes, anyway, moving on from, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, uh, there's splicing going on over in China, oh, genetic God. splicing, using a, using something called CRISPR. <laughs> no. They're making really nice bacon, is that what they're... Um, they could potentially make the tastiest bacon you've ever eaten. And again, I say that, the best cri- bacon I've ever had is back from a Chinese takeaway, so... Maybe they're already what? using CRISPR. Yeah. Right. CRISPR is a, it's... A gene editing tool. It's, editing? Yeah, gene editing. What is it, like a multi-line editor, so you can, you can drag in sound effects and all sorts? Well, wait until <laughs> you hit... Wait in, right. Basically, what they've been trying to do is create test subjects that mimic degen- degenerative human diseases. And along the way, they found a way to increase the density of the muscles on dogs. And they've also worked out very. They've also got ideas for various other things, Have you seen like that episode? making the teeth longer, making the jaw stronger. Have you seen you that might actually be able to get a designer, a, a designer dog. Have you seen that, that is actually uh, a designer dog. There's an episode of Family Guy where Stewie invents the multiverse thing, and he's yeah. got like a massive pig with fists, yeah. and muscles. This is basically true now. Yes, it is. He goes oink, like it's. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, it's, no, seriously, it's only a matter of time before fashion designers, you know, these fashion houses like Versace and, you know, Dolce, Dolce & Gabbana, get their hands on this technology and you end up with, you know, runway models who are actually wearing furs that are still alive, but, you know. Do you remember that thing? You say that, but you remember that little advert they had where the fair was still alive? Yeah. And they just ended up bleeding everywhere. Yeah. It was, that scared the bitches out of me as a But kid. the thing is, it would be fur and a pet. It's a pet that you can wear. Isn't that what pug dogs are for? No, that's a, that's a, that's an accessory. Ferrets. It's like a handbag. But what? But a ferret's they, a terrible, this, they might actually spiky. be able to make a pug that is also a handbag, so you can keep your lipstick and your phones and your keys inside your pug and basically carry your pug around like that. Yeah, the problem with ferrets as a pet is they're very long and thin and go up places. 
And that's the last thing you want. Well, uh, yeah, but a ferret would be a pet that you can wear. Yeah, no, but I'll go up your trouser leg and, you know, you never see it again. Well, yeah, but what, if, what about a trouser, trouser that is just ferrets? Do you, are you suggesting that animals become claws and we wear yes. animal claws? Yes. So we put our T-shirt on and it's got like a dog head in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> you feed it uh. biscuits. <laughs> Taking the dog for a walk, you could basically put the dog on and just go for a run. This is a really weird I, thing. I want, I want crocodile gloves. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, crocodile shoes that you could be Jimmy Neal. Uh, <laughs> crocodile, crocodile gloves, why? why? So I could, like, snap people. <laughs> um, you could do, you know, castanets. That would also do the job. It's because he's... Uh, uh, do you know what it is? It's because you're addicted to Instagram, isn't it? <laughs> no, does that have anything to do with alligator gloves? Snapping people. You're really torturing that pun, Rob. That yeah, makes no sense whatsoever. Stop. <laughs> whatsoever. Just wow. makes... See if you just want to be a super villain. They're just trying to make money, aren't they? Scott, this is yeah. the only application for yeah. this. I mean, actually, no. Um, no? They, they think mm. they can cure degenerative diseases. Yeah, in it's, it's actually humans. got a good like, purpose. Oh, okay. This Rob, is just Rob's a literally focused on one paragraph that says this is obviously where the technology is heading, but the entire article literally says Damn dogs you, are close Rob. to us in terms of genetics and stuff. No, I know. I was going to move on to that. But I, I know, but I was just like, wow. Didn't you read it, or did you just focus on that bit? No, no, I was just focusing on that bit before excited. I got to but the. No, it's before re- I got to it's really cool. Like, no, um, it is brilliant what they're doing. Because um, the, the, the super muscly thing is, it's like a, it's one of the things in our genetics that basically mm. stop us from just growing muscles on, on muscles on muscles. Some humans naturally have this, um, but well, they according to nineties DC comics, all people are like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are. Because nineties DC, DC comics, all their characters, especially the human ones, they all had muscles on their muscles, which had muscles on their muscles. Superman was like a house who's like this, but every single bit over here was just muscles so that don't now, actually now exist. Now all I'm imagining reality. is someone pulling out their arm, and then on top of their arm is another smaller arm with another small, and then but actually, there how was did Superman wipe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's really cool either way because yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really it yeah. will get abused and people will make oh, yeah. designer doggy things exactly. Every like, new technology which has uh, you know real is, world changing uh, thing um, is for people with uh, with stuff like muscular dystrophy and stuff like that. This is kind of oh uh, huge yeah, hmm. but um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a shame that uh, well I say it's a shame and genetic um, diseases that can't be cured. Yeah, it's great like, um, because uh, obviously they can't experiment on humans right now yeah. because it's not ready but I, th- I think people should be allowed to volunteer themselves yeah I, I agree but there was that thing a while ago where they volunteered um, people if they wanted to go to Mars and make a, um, a fact finding mission but the fact is they won't come back yeah and they were asking for volunteers for that and apparently they got quite a, a lot of attention yeah, so this they, isn't they, were, they were mainly asking for people who... Colonise, uh, it was basically a colonisation yeah. thing, wasn't they it? They were mainly asking for people who are around 50 years old um, because the idea was that, you know, they're mature enough to basically not panic in a, you know, in a crisis and that they're, they're basically reaching, you know, they're reaching their later years so they're not going to be too fussed about, you know, aspects of death and stuff like that. All their kids are probably going to be grown up and moved out. So they weren't in no the Martian. Hey? They weren't in the Martian. Man. I know they, they were, just popped over and seen them and had like a, a nice picky. Yeah, a barbecue. <laughs> Have a nice barbecue yeah. on Mars. See, so at least you got Matt Damon on one side of the planet and on the, on the other side, it's like an old people's home it's where like everyone's retirement like and teapots <laughs> and it's just like... It's like super high tech as well. Yeah. 
Uh, virtual doilies. Yeah, yes, virtual like... doilies. It's got ro- it's got robot carers who are probably scene. better than the human ones. Deleted oh, scenes. It's in the deleted scenes. Yes. Anyway, moving on to um, a fellow called NSA Listbot on Reddit. That's his name on Reddit. Hang on, what? His name is NSA Listbot. Oh, right, I thought, yeah. On Reddit. So National Security Agency Listbot. Yeah, yeah. He has basically put together a 3D printed railgun that fires things at speeds of up to 560 miles an hour. Why are railguns so popular at the minute? I don't know. But this looks Metal like Gear something Solid from, This uh. looks like something from Gears of War. Yeah, he claims that it doesn't hurt people, but I don't no, know. It, w- it won't kill, but it will hurt a lot. But it depends uh, what, on what 500, he's firing. 500 water. and 60 miles an hour. That is kind of quick. <laughs> well, being hit by a car at 60 miles an hour is probably going to kill you. Yeah. I hope they implement these into the latest Nerf guns. It'll just blow limbs off if it It'll hit you. Fantastic. Depending on what they're firing, and they're firing like fluff. <laughs> it's just going to take limbs clean off if you got hit by something that quick. Quite. Yeah, I mean, if you put a ball bearing in there, that's going to go right through someone. I was going to say that'll take airsoft to the next level. That'll be like an, that'll be like a extreme airsoft. No, but if a little ball bearing were going like that, it'd be like a high powered missile. Yeah, the power it'd have. It's just penetrating yeah. power it'd have. It goes straight through everything. See, but the fact the, it doesn't it won't kill you. But what's he been testing on? He's been testing on the neighborhood's cats or something. No, no, no. The, this article actually says this. The railgun fires projectiles, quotation marks. Is he been firing that, dust? Yeah, using you know? electromagnetic <laughs> energy. <Nerf dart>. <laughs> <laughs> if he's been firing dust, I'd say, yeah, okay, that won't kill you. But if he's been firing Nerf dart, you just end up murdering one of the neighbourhood's cats. I want to see if he could murder someone with a Nerf dart. Mm. Why? <laughs> the way he's powering the gun is quite, is quite impressive. He's got, uh, it's got six capacitors, capacitors and a battery that together can produce 1,050 volts. Over 3,000 joules of energy per shot. And, yeah, a capacitor and other electronics are held together by in a 3D printed frame. So, obviously, it's not totally 3D printed. So, this article lied. Well, he's, got comp- he's heavily 3D printed. It, heavily it, 3D but... printed, yeah. And it includes but an what... emergency discharge, power resistor, and a discharge button is for it... any leftover energy after a shot so is he is doesn't it... die from electrocution. Is this one of these things where he did it just because he can? Yeah. Seems to be a lot of this. 3D printers have opened the doors to crazy people Yep, to do crazy stuff. Yeah, basically. So, yes. Um, BAE, just to give you an example of the difference in power, right? In 2012, BAE Systems tested a railgun that can fire at 5,600 miles per hour. That just eviscerate anything. Yeah. The most powerful railgun on record created by the US military produced uh, 10,000... Uh, sorry, 10.64 kil- million joules. That's kind of horrible. This one, uh, this 3D printed one only produces 3,000. Even so. So uh, it's orders of magnitude down on the list of things that... It's, some, uh, it's not somebody who's got like a position of power, is it? It's somebody yeah. made something like basically a homemade uh, like railgun. Thing is, this is with a battery pack and capacitors. Can you imagine if he basically had it plugged into the mains? Uh, why, why, what difference does that make? More power. More power makes it more powerful, doesn't it? Isn't that how it works for railguns these days, Craig? I don't know. If you basically have more power going into a magnet. Well, I thought an electromagnet. About the, the magnet oscillation, but okay. Yeah, I sort of agree with you on yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just asking. I'm not sure. I don't think more power helps. I think it is literally the the speed in which you can actually transfer the power between them, which if you've only got a small setup, I don't think you can. Probably the type of magnet you're using as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm asking. 
No, an, an actual bullet fires mm. at seven, uh, 1,700 miles an hour. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Which I was trying to work out before, but I couldn't yeah. find the thing. So, I was just so like, it's, about, it's about three times slower then. It's probably a rubber bullet to the face. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that would yeah. hurt like hell. But it <laughs> uh, yeah. I definitely want these and Nerf guns. It'll make a killing. <laughs> I, I would love to. I, I, would, I would as well. Like you just walk up to someone just pow and then just, yeah. Have you guys seen how big this thing is? Yeah. And it does, if it, uh, the article said it was firing tungsten, aluminium and was it copper or something? That's kind that? of hard though. That would hurt a lot that would, of things. That would, that would I want kill. one. Ryan's just took a look at it, and he, now he wants one. It's basically like it the does sort look of, like Gears of War. It's like one of the sort it looks of like the, a Nerf gun, like one of the more powerful guns in Gears of War, not just like a handgun or something, like a big gun. Yeah, yeah it looks but it's like these blue things at the bottom that look like that make that Ryan's right. It does look like a Nerf gun because the blue things on the bottom. Maybe, maybe. Okay, uh, next news story. We're going to leave that one there and move on to uh, meet the J-pop robot that dances for your amusement. Is this, a stri- is this going to end up in strip clubs up and down Japan? Possibly, we don't know. I think the scientists have gone a step too far again. I mean, first of all, they're giving them the IQ of a five-year-old, and now they're making them dance. Well, DMM uh, is terrible. a DMM's Japanese electro- electronics company. They've made a robot called Pre-Made, which is, oh, no. you know, pre and then made as in maid, butler, you know, servant type. Pre-Made made cafes. Yeah. Pre-made AI. It's a robot modelled on J-pop stars designed to dance on a tabletop. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. So, so Hatsune Miku. So, no, it no, is so a strip club. It's a strip club. Uh, <laughs> it's just, we'll serve you tea and then dance. Uh, yeah. Dance the night away, baby. Yes. Um, <laughs> thing is, it's it makes not, me want to cry. It yeah. doesn't just freestyle. Um, software that's due to be released by DMM will enable users to create what they refer to as dance data, which makes the robot fully programmable, making it dance on command. That's that's horrible. That's slavery. Well, it's no longer dance monkey boy dance. It's now dance dance robot made dance. I think we found the first uh, the first robot to start dance the wife who dance. Yeah. start the robot up- uprising. Just be like, I'm not dancing for you anymore. This is how iRobot happened. Yeah. And this is how Skynet formed. It started off with the table Sky? dancing robots. Skynet. I thought you meant like, uh, the guy who owns Beast Guy B. He didn't do that. <laughs> I can't remember what he's called now. Controversial. A lot would paint some images. <laughs> so, yes. Um, I'm not sure what to say about that. Well, it's, it's just stripper technology is going to make strippers yeah, redundant. Have you noticed how uh, how things related to the porn industry are always ahead of the curve when they're it comes in, to tech? Very innovative. Oh, yeah, they are. 3D tech, innovative. Yeah. I assume they are. I mean, the internet, most of the, most of the tech we use on the internet these days is, came from the porn industry. Blu-rays, DVDs, VHS. Yeah. Home video was championed by the porn industry. They made it a thing. Yep. Well, like the, the whole, the, the format wars were basically decided by porn. Yeah. Like whoever porn decided to choose, that's yeah. who got big. <laughs> Even like digital streaming. Oh dear, Rob. Digital streaming as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're yeah. championed that. So yeah, um, if you want to know what the next big trend is going to be, just look at the porn industry. Do you think uh, that's like, VR, isn't it? Hey, VR. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So Strange Days is going to become a thing. Probably the movie Strange Days. It's very good. Seek it out if you haven't seen it. Yes. Anyway, um, last but not least, a design firm in uh, Japan, again. Yeah. I'm not too sure. How, uh, it's a design firm called Muku, 
and they are interested in making a novel form of anime character merchandise. In specific, they want to uh, they want to licensors interested in promoting their anime manga or video game to make uh, to basically give them certain the rights to certain character images so they can make tea bags, anime video game manga character tea bags that then sit in your cup wearing like speedos or a swimsuit or something and look at you with their eyes and while you drink your tea. Mm, just trying to think now how I could abuse that. There are lots of ways to abuse this. Can I get like a Master Roshi and just like have him like just dunking Master Roshi? I'll be hilarious. You, you want to dunk Master Roshi in yeah. your tea? You want to drink your tea after Master, Ro- Master Roshi's been in it? <laughs> Isn't that like drinking his bath water? It gets around. This is the best bit though. They, ha- they were inspired by the pure desire to drink a beautiful girl's sweat. Uh, oh, this is from last week, isn't it? You want to smell like a girl fresh out of the shower, and now you want to what? Drink that drink, sweat. Drink, oh, Japan! Oh. No, no, no. The Japan also had uh, had the other week. Um, they also had the uh, the smell of coffee poured by a bearded man in a Texan wild in yeah, eighteen seventy two. That's hilarious. But the other two things—that's the fragrance that go on the na- room. <laughs> go on the naughty step, Japan. You've been a bad, bad boy. Go on. Do you know Sit there and think about what you did. I think it's because this year Japan have realised that they're that they're a bit behind North Korea and America in the WTF stakes. So they've just basically been working hard over the summer. Notice me, senpai. <laughs> yes, exactly. You make me so wet, senpai. <laughs> John Cream in that. Mm, you, no, no. <laughs> Don't even drink tea. I drink coffee. Yeah, but just uh, you can get coffee bags now as well. Here's the thing, though. What That's the, silly. This is a stupid question, but what the characters taste like? I don't <laughs> know. Stupid. How do you decide what the character tastes like? This is do, you, do, you, do you find a picture of them and start licking it? So do you think... Like this a, is, do you scratch think, and sniff technology has died, hasn't it? I'm trying so. to think of a character that'll just like taste like shame. Do you, do you think this is... A, Any like, of targeted? them? <laughs> do you think this is targeted to the same people who buy the soiled underwear from vending machines? What the Probably. attack is. Hang on. Is that, that, that's a thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Japan. I don't know this, Rob. Of all Japan. Oh. So they, they sit there with a pair of used underwear over their face while drinking a cup of sweat tea, basically. Uh, and having the fragrance of... Uh, Do you think that's the fragrance of a beard man? Yeah, beard man. While a robot dances for them on the table in front of them? Do you think there's a company called Or Japan? Do you think it's not Or Japan? Do you think it's... Oh, Japan. Did you have to? Did you have to all over the carpets? <laughs> that should be Bad a show. That we, should just, we should just do a show called Old Japan. Just, just grab Japan by the scruff of the neck and rub it in its own mess. Yeah. Because it keeps on doing this stuff. Come on. Because that is literally what the entire show would be. Oh, Japan. What are you doing? <laughs> what an, uh, Japan. Maybe not in that voice. What? You did it in a sort of a Japanese act. You know, no, no, Japanese there. No, no, no. Do you oh, know what I was defensiveness doing? coming out there. You know what I was doing? I was doing the, like, you know, in Street Fighter where it selects the different locations you're in and it yeah. goes, Japan, USSR, Brazil, <laughs> Japan. Oh, okay. I was doing that. Save. I'm a big dirty nerd. <laughs> so uh, my line of sight includes Sam who's dying in the background. Japan. Uh, this is a weird one. We should do that show. Just, oh, Japan, just behave yourself. I don't know what it is, but every time I'm on at the moment, I just seem to be talking about a certain, like, non-human object getting wet. Last time it was Mars. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but that was only because Matt Damon was there. Let's be let's be fair. It's like Ma- Mazam, Mazam, uh, NASA. I'm, I'm so damp. Come see me. This is way. You know, for the last for the last like <laughs> ten years, Miles has been going. Notice me, Matt Damon. Uh, Matt, Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I spent so much trying to save you. Yeah, well, Mars got really angry at the Sarah Silverman song. You know, have we? Uh, <laughs> have we? Uh, Damn you, Sarah Silverman! <laughs> Someday I will have my Matt Damon. Is uh, that the last news story? <laughs> yeah, that's the last. I think story. That's, you can't really peek in anything but that, can you? That's, <laughs> no. that's oh. quite something spectacular. Yes. Japan. This is Lizzie Boyle and Connor Boyle of Disconnected Press, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Hey, you. Yes, you. No, not you. You. You should listen to our TV show. It's called On The Box. Just tell them Andrew sent you. Also, you. You can go listen to it as well. Welcome back to The Geek Show on The Geek Show Podcast Network, and today we are talking about new horror... Type thingy, whatever well, you are, anyway. Well, we will be in a bit, yeah. But first, we have some reviews beginning with Rob. Yes, um, I am looking at Broken Sword the Serpent's Curse. It's been out a little while, it debuted on PC in a, in a fractured format, sort of episode one and episode two are part one and part two, yeah. But uh, on PS4, it's been released now on digitally and on disc. And yeah, it's the Serpent's Curse. Um, I'll just—it's it, a very—is it, it the a, fifth one or? I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's a fairly basic step, set up. It's uh, George Stobart is working as an insurance, an art insurance sort of investigator in um, Paris, and he's he's met up with Nico. I can't remember Nico's Nicole Collard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's, and he meets up with her in a little art shop. Um, but that's not the first scene. The first scene is in uh, Catalonia, I think it was. Yeah, it's definitely in Spain and sort of the pre- second wall area, second it's kind world of the Catalan area. Yeah, sort of like nineteen thirty-seven. And there's the sequence um, where there's like a, a shootout. The military turns up at this guy's house, and they they kill the occupants. And it's all for this this one picture. It's a picture which has the very Rob Ross. Ian Snake, not our Robber our Ross, the you know the snake that eats itself, and there's something about that um, picture which inspires a lot of horrible things to happen. Uh, we go to sort of modern day era. It, it's set modern day. I don't know if it's like modern modern because Broken Sword is a little bit fractured from sort of very current things. It, it's kind of like in its little game corner that's entirely its own I think it belongs in that corner along with like um, Monkey Island as that sort of just timelessness about them um, but in in that game in that little cafe you are looking at an art observe, uh, an art exhibit because uh, Nico's covering it for the newspaper and George is covering the insurance and then somebody br- like runs in got a pizza box and he's got a gun in the pizza box he takes that one picture that was from that scene in 1937 uh he kills the the uh the shop assistant i don't know what you call him like the art gallery assistant sort of guy and uh runs off and from there it's investigating how to get this picture back and what that picture actually is and it, it covers much of the same sort of ground of a traditional broken sword game as in the respect that it sets up a fairly basic sort of idea nothing complicated nothing weird but from that it just snowballs beyond 
all of its sort of, you know, humble origins and goes in some really weird directions, talking about cults and travelling all over the world. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to go into the story because if we go into the story, it kind of takes the fun out of playing it. Gameplay. Gameplay, well, let me um, use an analogy to explain why I enjoy this so much. Um, just think about an experience you had when you were a kid. You love that experience. It, it's like a carb of uh, how, how your personality evolved and becoming an adult. And then you go back there and it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same, and it's just that little moment where it's just such a comfortable experience. That's exactly the same as it is in uh, Broken Sword, The Serpent's Curse. It's it's point and click, and it's about collecting sort of bits of evidence and questioning in people. And it has the exact same sort of setup. It has the exact same clicker icons. And the characters are pretty much exactly the same as they used to be. And it's just such a comfortable experience. I enjoyed it immensely, but I, I've played a lot of The Broken Sword, so it's going to appeal to me a lot more than it would a new person. A new person, I'm not sure, would have that same sort of affinity to it. Because, well, I just... The whole point-and-click ideal, it's evolved since... It's say mid-90s, wasn't it, when Broken Sword was at its peak? Sort of mid-90s? Sort um, of, yeah. Like mid-90s, like the point-and-click was a much bigger sort of presence in the game. And well, it was kind of uh, late... Uh, late uh, 80s to mid-90s. Mid to late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, that's sort of... To mid-90s. They started window. trailing off a lot more in the mid-90s. Like, like the Broken Sword was like the back end of that phase. Mm. But now uh, with Telltale Games, the idea of a point-and-click adventure is very different. In mm. that case, you have like, two, like the two twi- uh, figures sticks one stick controls like an icon of what to click on and the other one controls your character there's no such concession there it is a absolute pure uh, point and click where you have like an icon and you've got to click in certain places to make your character walk there yeah so it's refreshingly old school and the art style the graphic style is is very idiosyncratic it's, it's quite i'm not a fan of it i'll be honest at some points, the character definition on faces is, is very, very good. Uh, and the design is very good. But on secondary characters, it's just very incidental. It's like um, when the opening character, Henry, is killed. Henri, because it's in French, obviously. He's yeah. killed in this hold-up. When he's being killed, it's not like a particularly graphic scene, but it's like he's being tapped on the shoulder in the playground. He says, right, now you're dead now. And he just flops to the ground in a very stiff where and it's got some stiff animations about a lot of the sort of incidental characters which kind of takes you out of it a little bit but it's a, it's a game which didn't have like an amazing amount of resources available so it's it's very subtle it's very retro but enjoyably so but again like i said i'm coming from this place of again experience of playing a lot of point and click adventures if you're experience of the point and click adventure is walking dead is the the wolf among us is the stuff the telltale are doing it might be a little bit of a bridge too far for you, I'm afraid. But then again, you might actually take to it because it's oh, quite maybe, colourful. Maybe. It is it, quite colourful. It is very colourful, yeah. It does have some quite entertaining moments as well. Oh, it does. It does. It's got a very... That's one thing. Broken Sword, it's not quite a, a Monkey Island because, you know, very few things are, obviously. Yeah. Or anything that Tim Schafer did. But the sense of humour is very dry and, and very funny. It's got a great satire of, you know... Uh, blood splatter experts which just sends him up as a complete idiot and uh, yeah. I enjoyed that a lot but yeah Broken Sword The Serpent's Curse 
very nice bit of retro gaming. I'm enjoying it immensely. Fantastic. Right. Uh, I have uh, Solarix or Solarix or however you want to pronounce it, um, which is available on Steam uh, for the PC. And this is an, a first-person sci-fi horror game. Oh, um, yeah. And it's... What was it? It's from... Much in the vein of Dead Space, stylistically, yeah. it looks. It's uh, it's from the uh, indie developers Pulse Tense Games, um, published by KISS. And it's... How to describe this? Well, I, I, it's quite... Dead space from the outside, it looks. Yeah. But the monsters. It, hang on. It, it's, no, it's got... It, well, yeah, it's got monsters and you know it doesn't. But it is quite dead space, but I would say it's... I'd agree with uh, quite a lot of other people. It's a lot more like System Shock and Thief oh. than it is dead space. Cool. Or at least aesthetically mm. and in terms of its inspiration. Um, it does have influences from dead space as well, but... It's just kind of, it's one of those ideas, Solarix is one of those games where the idea is great, the concept is great, it's just when it comes to the execution, it's a little bit lacking. Um, The environments are really well designed, you know, it's, yeah, you play the role of Walter Terrace and he is basically a space engineer who's suffering from amnesia and he's trying to figure out what's going on and he can only do that through all sorts of, you know, little bits of information that he's picking up along the way. What was his name again? Walter Terrace. Why can't people name video game characters? I don't know. That's such a thing. Walter House, Walter Tree, Walter Door, Walter Terrace. Yeah, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. Walter Hanging Gardens of Babylon. So, yeah. Anyway, um, Walter is uh, an amnesiac. He's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Everything is dank and dingy. And, you know, some uh, some of the people who are still on the station are... Well, you could define them as monsters because they run at you and try to beat you to death. And sometimes they just stand there and let you knock them out, which is a weird thing because um, there's loads of little things that don't quite work with this game. And In terms of the atmosphere, at times the atmosphere is really creepy. It's really good Mm. until you start moving around. Is it a game what the front loaded? They've put a lot of effort into the graphics and... A little bit, yeah. Um, number one, there's a couple of things. Number one, it uses a checkpoint system, right? Which means there aren't any save points, right? But here's the thing. The physics in the game don't actually work. They're not kind of real-world physics-based, so you can't kick objects out of the way while you're running. So if you get trapped behind, you know, which does happen in certain situations, you might get trapped between a couple of boxes and unable to get out. <laughs> very PS2. Yeah, very PS2. Uh, you, you might not be able to get out, and the only thing you can do then is reload and start again. But because mm. it's using the checkpoint system, that becomes much more of an issue because you can't save the game, you know, before you, at, at regular intervals. So you have to start from the last checkpoint, which could be... It's a quibble, but a game-breaking quibble. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a potentially game-breaking quibble depending on how patient you are. Um, there are other more fundamental ones. Everyone kind of, uh, when you're crawling, it's uh, it's just kind of everything sounds the same. How? It's all got, uh, every, no matter what the surface is, everything sounds ah. the same. You know, Isn't it, it all just metal though? It, not always. Okay. Um, and when the, I think the biggest gripe I've got with this though is that it's a first person shooter and you're an engineer. And this is where I thought, okay, it's a, it's going to be a little bit Half-Life as well. 
mm. right? Because uh, Gordon in Half-Life, he's not a soldier. And in this, you aren't a soldier. But for some reason, you have a gun. Because it's normal tactics to give a an engineer a gun in space. That's logical. Um, have you learnt nothing from sci-fi cinema? Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's an engineer. He's got a gun. He's also got a stun gun, which he can use to uh, stun enemies as he creeps up behind them. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But the gun itself, and you can get a shotgun as well, the gun itself, you're supposed to be able to headshot these characters, these enemies, and you can't. I, I actually Collision had, detection is a problem, no, then. The collision detection is a huge problem. I actually had the crosshairs lined up perfectly, repeatedly, and I'm pulling the trigger like crazy. And you can only carry about six six bullets in a gun. And it's the, the thing just isn't going down. I'm like, but well, you're supposed to die. I'm supposed to be a headshot you. You're supposed to die. And it just isn't. It's one of those. It's one of those things. That's the game breaking part. Is when it comes to the actual combat, and you will fight loads of enemies in this. Um, the shotgun is even worse because where the shotgun is supposed to be more powerful Splash than the gun, damage. it's it's not as powerful as you think. So you end up having to take several shots to take something out, and even if they're close to you, you still can't blow their head off with a headshot. Do you which, want to? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a sci-fi horror. Huh, fair enough. You want the head explosions there? Yeah, I want the head explosions. It's not yeah. a, it's not proper sci-fi horror if it doesn't have head explosions. True, true. But yeah, aesthetically, it looks great. Um, uh, some people seem to think that you know all the little bits of information, uh, they kind of tied together clunkily, everything like that. I actually didn't mind those. I thought, I thought, I, I thought the whole idea of you looking through different bits of information and trying to piece things together. So, so how people sort of champion the Dark Souls storytelling, much in the same vein. It's it's much in the same vein. Sort of except, incidental sort of reports and stuff. Yeah, kind of. Um, but you have to read through as many of them as you can because there's only little little bits of it that will be relevant to what you're doing okay. to your story. So um, people people kind of yeah, we don't want to do all this because you know we don't think it's relevant. And I'm like, well, well, world building. At the end of the day, yeah, it's world building, and it's taken away from the whole run and gun attitude at that first person game first person shooters tend to have <coughs> it's trying to put it more into the kind of DSX you know the original DSX game yeah. trying to put it more into that mold than into sort of psychological sort of stuff yeah well not so much psychological sort of stuff he is an amnesiac but he's trying to find out what happened to him and how did he get into that state okay you know um, there's there's some woman who's a psycho who keeps talking to him and I'm not sure, you know, they, uh, when when that first happens, it's kind of, okay, is she real or not kind of thing? But then you find out she is real, she's just a psycho. So, yeah. Um, but are, you, yeah are you a psycho killer in it? Well, you are and you aren't. <laughs> um, Solrix is a, or Solarix or however you pronounce it. I wish they'd just put, a, you know, when they do games like this, I wish they'd just put, you know, like they do the in the dictionary. They phoneticize how to pronounce it so that you, so that people aren't going around going, oh, it's Solarix. No, it's Solarix. No, it's Solarix. No, it's Solarix. No, it's Solero. Yeah, exactly. It's tasty. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. I wish they'd do stuff like that, but it's. In, if you like your survival horror games, if you like your games like System Shock and Deus Ex and Thief, 
and Dead Space and stuff like uh, and other games of that type, then you know you might find something to like about this. But I really hope that Pulse Tense actually kind of they actually go back to the drawing board a little bit and maybe release some patches to fix certain problems or something like uh, or stuff like that. Mm. Basically, just trying try and add on and make some minor modifications at least the those modifications would make the game more playable than it is now because that is the main issue that's holding this game back there's a it's got great design for the space station the character designs are a little bit kind of yeah a little bit mookish kind of you know one size fits all in terms of that but in terms of the atmosphere it can generate sometimes it's got great atmosphere and if it had gameplay to, if it had some decent gameplay, this could actually be a pretty decent game to play. And that's it. Good first effort, then, sort of game, it's like a building point. It, like they, a, they've got they've, point. they've got stuff they can build on. They've got stuff they can build on. So yeah, cool, cool. Hello, I'm Professor Elemental, and whenever I'm not riding a badger around my grounds or hitting my monkey butler with a stick, I'm listening to The Geek Show, and my God, I love it. And now our main feature, our main topic of the week, is that we're going to be talking about new horror. Now, But, but, new- but wait, Ryan, what about old horror? <laughs> no, we're leaving it behind. We're talking about current horror and what's currently happening with horror in all different kinds of media at the minute. So where should we start with? Well, I think sort of... I know that was me just teasing you, but old horror had to... Well, in, in the case of movies, I mean, take the slasher movie. You can't make slasher movies anymore. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, because the main reason is that, because if, if somebody attacks you with a knife or some sort of bladed implement, you just got your phone. Call the police, call somebody, you're done. That guy looked really stupid then. You know, post on social networking, guy is trying to murder me with a, a cheese knife, lol, and then tagging your position, you know. <laughs> Hashtag stabby. Hashtag yeah. scared. Hashtag yeah, maybe pee in my pants. Yeah, the, the, whole, the whole idea of the slasher is dead. And lots yeah, of things you can ha- take an Instagram photo as you're being like stabbed and you can you know put some cheeky hashtags on, maybe stick a filter on, get yeah. a couple of likes on it. But just just the, the simple caption on like a Snapchat with lol, dying. Yeah, I think that's why the, the ghost stuff sort of came into. Yeah. Because ghosts are kind of timeless. Yeah, you've... Yeah, they can... Pretty much break the rules, can't they? They couldn't. Well, yeah, I don't know about breaking the rules, but the rules have become kind of stiff as far as the ghosts go. I mean, I've, I'm well reported on saying it's just quiet and loud movies, but the idea of the ghost is it's not really modern, it's not really new, it's just a thing. Well, uh, but there's, yeah, there's like, the ghost idea is pretty but, timeless. Though. Yeah, but when it's you talk about ghosts, it's just the paranormal. When you talk about new horror, I think stuff that sort of rebels against that. I mean, that's just me being like a horror fan at heart and wanting to rebel against sort of the, the establishment. Well, uh, but. Uh, uh, the thing is, in the whole ghost thing, possession is very well. Possession was it's not really around anymore. Possession's kind of gone off the radar well, it, it's because they all were essentially just the same thing weren't they yeah. what was that yeah. one with the that were that was all about some red demon possessing some guy what insidious insidious that was there it there was one with Darth Maul there was one it was Darth Maul's creepy uncle we, yeah he had a bit of a liaison with a goat and things just went bad he's got goat legs the insidious dude yes so it does make we sense we call him Gary Gary the Goat, dude. Gary the Goat's amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was one with um, Anthony Hopkins. 
and it was it kind of put the uh, the, the nail in the coffin for uh, position movies to me. I can't remember what it was called, but it was the most sublime overacting. I think I know the one you're on about. Yeah, and don't forget, what was it, uh, the Halle Berry one, Gothica? Was she possessed in that one or something? Well, Gothica wasn't... Yeah. But that's, that's, that's old. I'm not talking about old. Actually, so... That sort of stuff is... Well, uh, that's sort of a different one, which Craig mentioned, is like how, you know, you don't really get that many good psychological yes. horrors. They're very yes. rare. Yes, yes. Very, psychological very rare. horror is very rare. Mm. And another thing that me and Craig thought was that uh, you know early in the noughties or the late nineties you know you, a lot of the best horror material was coming from you know from the east yeah yeah they didn't really have like the, the sort of uh, regular thing of what they did was oh look at that little girl with the long black hair yeah. Oh, blimey, she's creepy, and that's kind yeah. of it. <laughs> except, <laughs> you know? for the, except for the one who appeared in The Grudge. Who it's called was... a blimey air air shot. No, no, no. That was a <laughs> little boy who just stared at you with, with like, the blackest eyes you've ever seen and just went meow. It just sounded like a cat every time he opened his mouth. He was just making cat noises at you. You're really not selling that film at all. You're making it sound hilarious. Uh, but it's, it's creepy. It's, creepy, it's, it's creepy and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, I think I think what uh, Japanese cinema was doing, or uh, Eastern, um, mm. was like they were taking the normal and making it just slightly different enough. Yeah, they, they do like that. It like it kind of messed with you a bit. Yeah, because, you said well, it was unsettling. Yeah. If do you remember scary. the eye? Do you remember the film The Eye? The Thai Eye. Yeah. Yeah, the Thai version. The Thai Eye. It's, it's, a, it's a gag. Yes, I know. <laughs> there was one scene in The Eye where she's sitting in the room, it's night, and there's a, there's a you know... It was the, uh, a the Pang Brothers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the, the, Brothers, the whole idea yeah. was she lost her eyesight. She lost her she eyesight. Got, like, a, she got an eye transplant from, a, from a, a, young, a young lady who'd killed herself. But the young lady had certain abilities. She could see dead people and various things like that. And was that before the sixth sense? That was before the sixth sense. <laughs> so yes. yeah. Anyway, there was one great scene in the eye where the the light is swinging, right? But every time the light swings onto the wall, right, it shows her apartment. But when it moves off and it's in shadow, it's showing a completely different. Oh, room. that old chestnut! They yeah. do that a lot. There's like a, 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 movie, a movie of a similar description. I think it's Thai. Yeah, maybe it's called The Shutter. Yeah. A shutter? A shutter, yeah. It's about a camera which captures spooky stuff. <laughs> you mean like the camera obscura in Project Zero? No, no, no. I mean, every time you take a picture, like, this thing in the background, this monster, will get closer and closer and closer and closer. And then they stop taking pictures, and then, ooh, it gets them. It gets them good. <laughs> I'm just being cynical about horror now, aren't I? Yes. I'm sorry. But, yeah, modern stuff is rebelling against all of this. Modern cinema, like modern horror is in a weird position. So you mean like the Cabin in the Woods kind of thing? No, no, no. I mean, modern... modern Cabin, well, actually, we'll come back to Cabin in the Woods. Uh, horror okay. is probably the oldest film genre of all. I think the first one yeah. was 1903. So it, it's always going to be about, and it's always evolved. And it's it, even now when like more move, people can make movies than ever, horror is something which people gravitate to a lot more. So there's an awful lot more horror out there. I think that's the first thing you got to talk about when you talk about mean new it's horror. Good though. No, 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 no. But at the same time, I think horror is the best it's been in a long time as far as the cinematic stuff is going. Yeah, I, I can't. Kind kind of, the yeah. best, the best is better than it's been in a long time. It's still not good though. I think maybe maybe the the old approach to horror and sort of is more nostalgic. How do you mean? Um, you don't mean like infusing everything with like 90s, not 80s sort of synth because that's what 
You're not talking yeah. about. Oh, but then you got it follows. Which I, yeah, it I follows love. is the sort of yeah, the exception. But you're yeah. not talking about like uh, the old Hammer horror stuff, are you? Because we need more put- well, Peter Cushing for that. The old stuff is dated, but I feel like I didn't try to scare these you. new it's ones are so cinematic that I think it sort of takes away. It's trying to glamorize. I think a bit too much. I know you think yeah. it's not a horror, but as I think stuff like uh, as above, so below could be what you're talking about there. Yeah, but As it, Above, So Below, I, I actually have to agree with Ryan on this. As Above, So Below is not a horror. Oh, no, it's not a horror, but it, it's one of those films that's not a horror, but it's shot like a horror, and I think that could be well, good. Well, 71's for, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. 71's about a guy who was uh, sort of a guard in Northern Ireland in IRA, yeah. sort of, in 1971. Yeah. His the rest of his teammates get killed, and he has to sort of survive the night. Yeah. But it's shot like a horror movie, and I think that sort of stuff where it's not well, a horror, but is, it is. is yeah, it's not a horror, but, uh, but it is. Is what this new generation of horror is probably best mm. defined by. So, just I'm just trying to think of something because there's one that I found really okay. There's a couple that I found really horrific, but they're not new; they're old. And I'm just curious if there's anything like those in on. Uh, in new I movies. Might be a help, yeah. Number one, Watership Down. Oh, for the love of God, Rob! Well, it is, it is a horrific. I'm, I'm movie. just saying, it is a horrific movie, especially if you're a kid. You know, it's it's not supposed to be a horror, is it? Well, that's actually another thing that sort of disappeared. Like, we don't have that anymore. Like, children's horror is pretty much dead. Yeah, and I was going to yeah. say The Dark Crystal they was had, the other one. They had that movie, which was out a few years ago, which tried to sort of, in Guillermo uh, del Toro produced it. It was called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They wanted that to be sort of an introductory point for kids in horror, but there'll be, you see, no, 15, boom, and yeah. nobody wanted to watch it. The closest thing we've got to that is, like, the new Goosebumps movie, which is out soon. Yeah, uh, um, apparently it's quite good. Yeah, that's the closest thing. But obviously, you used to have, um, especially when I was younger, you had um, Grizzly Tales for like gruesome kids. You, yeah, there was like that. Oh god, there was all sorts of stuff back in the day. And you Theory and Indiana and uh, yeah, yeah, very. Oh, we, somebody said this at the quiz and the wrong. The wrong is so wrong. It's not a sequel or anything. It's not a sequel or anything. Shut up! It's not a sequel or anything. It's not a sequel or a spin-off. No. It's not. It's its own thing. Yeah, but uh, I'm sorry, I have to. I have to scratch that itch. It's been bugging me for ages. It's, it's interesting because they've got um, these days um, on TV. You've got stuff like American Horror Story. Oh yeah, I mean horror movie horror on TV classically yeah. was just basically the Twilight Zone. Yeah, the Twilight Zone was fine. All the Outer Limits or X Files. I mean, uh, the, we the Tales from the Crypt or yeah. stuff like that. It, it, it's fine, but oh, actually, it, the thing is, far about like that. Yeah, it's yeah. it all. Episodic, very yeah. episodic it, sort of stuff. It is very episodic. I mean, the thing is, even with Twilight Zone, Outer Limits and stuff like that, um, oh, X-Files, X-Files as well as part, you, you part had some, you had some died-in-the-wall horror episodes, but it wasn't really overall a horror series. Yeah, X-Files, that episode where the guy could go through the pipe scared yeah, the that Jesus was, that's out the of one me when I was a kid. That's the one we always refer back to. The be honkers out of me, I was scared out of Because he was living under an escalator, uh, escalator and eating people's livers. Yeah, it's kind of nasty. Yeah. The biggest thing I find with horror is that, especially in this day and age, I think we've become really desensitised. And I think it's <sighs> it's not so much the jump scares anymore. I find it's creating that unsettling feeling, which I think Can is Can you working. honestly say it's not so much the jump scares? Because Five Nights at Freddy's is, was popular for like five games or something. Dude, that, I, I, I have a feeling that's that. because of PewDiePie and his reactions. Like That, that was YouTube. People, kids okay. are buying Five Nights at Freddy's not because it's scary, but because it's got the jump scares. Like They okay. don't want to be actually scared. Yeah, well, I, 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 I will say this thing. We'll before, 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 again, oh, thing. This is the thing I want to say about jump scares. Jump scares aren't scares. 
jump scares are mechanical things that work in you as a human being. It's a survival instinct. If you're like a human and you hear a loud noise, it's a survival instinct. You think something bigger is going to come and get you. So you're reacting, yeah, you're preparing yourself, and that's what a jump is. It's not, oh, it's scary, lol. Yeah, it's, just, it's you reacting well, to... that's what Jason Bloom sort of, yeah, you know, yeah. has added to horror in the... That's what I'm just saying. I just have to say yeah, that as yeah. well. Just, Sorry. just Sorry. on the subject of jump scares and something bigger coming to get you, um, do any of you remember that game Among the Sleep? No. Oh, yeah, it was meant to be very disappointing. It, it was disappointing, but in terms of its concept... I thought, oh, the concept's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the concept was amazing, in that you aren't an adult or anything like that. You're a two-year-old boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that one, yeah. You know, and the camera, pers- the perspective from the camera had you much lower down. Yeah, everything about that world was frightening because you didn't know what anything was. That was yeah, the, the core basically, idea yeah. behind it. And uh, yeah, the, the game itself was disappointing. But just as a just as a starting concept, it was just kind of yeah. This is I want to see more of this sort of thing. Mm. Well, it's the same with um, it's not a horror game in the slightest, but Gone Home. Yeah, Gone Home is not a I game which it's not a game which goes for like the jump scares, but oh, it's creepy. Yeah. It really it's is. just having that. It's it's like um, in that game. If you not played it, it's like something just took the people away, and everybody was living like a normal life, and it's just everything is left as think, as they were before. I think I'm not functioning. gonna lie. Like Gone Home, I think was like the last. I think horror game. Well, it wasn't even a horror game, but it was the last game I played that sort of put me off horror because I realised I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm. Like there's a. I've I've played like I say Outlast and some a couple of others, but. I don't know. I I generally do struggle to play horror games now these days. It's all jumpy, isn't it? It's, all... it, like, it, it's I, not I even play... jumpy. It's atmospheric, and I've, I've got me surround sound like headset on. I've got all like I'm immersed, and it it takes its toll on me. Like I was playing The Witcher for for God's sake, and again the sound design and that's just fantastic. And I was just walking through yeah. the woods, and you could just hear every little thing, and to the point where I was like, the the sound of the the wind and the trees blowing through was just so deafening that I felt like that I could some anything could jump out at me any time and I would scream <laughs> so yeah I, I, it's, everything's atmospheric at the minute and I think that's the main thing with games um, just just before we go um, for a break yeah. there is one game that um, I've just been just been looking and there's one game that I've just found that I totally forgot about because most people probably have forgotten about it or didn't know it existed it's a game called Dreadout now, that was a weird game. I read about this. I've heard about this. Um, but with all the mobile phones and stuff like that around right now, right? And we mentioned, uh, you know, we mentioned Project Zero and the whole idea of a camera. You know, Instagram the video game. Kind of, yeah, I wouldn't say Instagram the video game, but there's this old Spooky idea. Instagram the video game. <laughs> Sorry, not quite. Oh, careful, because if this myth is true, I'm just going to point loads of cameras. It's called at you. Tumblr, Rob. Ah, oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, Tumblr the myth is game. basically that uh, if you take a photo of somebody, you basically steal a piece of their soul, right? And well, that's why people were scared of video cameras when yeah, they were first. Exactly. Uh, I, I got told off on Tumblr because I was reblogging horror pictures. How yeah. dare you, Ryan? There's no penises there at all. That's terrible of you. It's just this game uses the you know the mobile phone camera, so you can't see anything in front of you but until you fo- hold the mobile phone camera. It might be a dark corridor, but that because be, they've got like auto-adjust lighting stuff like that. That would be a great thing for the Wii U. The game, I mean, I think that's what they're doing with the yeah. new Project Zero, isn't it? Ah, I, I, I see. I've, I've, um, one of my friends played it while mm. I, was, um, I was I was sort of co-piloting. I was yeah. talking to him on Skype. Um the actual execution of the game wasn't good. Yeah. Um, but the actual the, the concept was all right. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't scary to me because it was all based on jump scares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, and it's like it seems like that's a very common thing that's happening. Like you get your few that are stupidly scary and really atmospheric, but then the most of the stuff that's coming out now because of Five Nights at Freddy's and stuff like that is just going jump back scares. to the jump scares. Yeah, yeah. I, I found uh, Dead Space doesn't have any jump scares. But oh, I found, see the first. But it doesn't one, have any major jump scares. The but the first one, one I was terrifying. The, the first one is fantastic and yeah, does yeah, have some great. really good ones. It's like um, there's a moment in there where you just walk down the corridor and you just hear like a, a metallic fud, fud, fud. You go around the corner and it's just the guy who's completely lost his mind, banging his head off the wall. It's like such a perfectly pitched and delivered moment. Mm. No jump scares, but it was really frightening when you first play it. I think the, I, I very much my experiences with Dead Space was. I was terrified through the entire game and towards the end I felt like literally like in a horror movie where the, the like the protagonist just goes I've had enough of this and then tries to fight back and towards the end I just felt like Rambo and I got angry like yeah. I was actually it, gave, it made me angry I was just like I'm I'm done with this I'm going to kill everything why must those games have a regenerating monster I hate regenerating monsters I know I'm that just, was the biggest complaint about that game it was like oh they're so annoying I'm just going to mention PT and just leave that right there for you well yeah I think uh, we'll have a, a break. I'll be honest, PT wasn't the scariest game I've played. Ah, well, actually, no. We'll, we'll come back to that after the break. Yeah. Hi, I'm Luke Searle of LukeSearle.com. That's spelled S-U-R-L. And I create single-panel comics, mostly specialising in puns, ranging from the awful puns to the absolutely terrible groan-worthy puns. And you are listening to The Geek Show. This is Andy from Lipley Lightroom telling you to go and listen to us where we literally lighter about everything literary with fat and much lightering. We are continuing to talk about new horror um, and like how everything sort of changed in the last five years and we're going to carry on the conversation with how games um, have gone more into a first person atmospheric type of... They have and I don't really like it. Um, uh, there are some games for which it works, Amnesia, well, for example. Well, the point but of it is, it's supposed to, like the whole point of first-person shooters initially was so you didn't have to generate like a character. But in this place, it's like the most literal example of putting you at sort of, in harm's way, yeah, really, because yeah. no, you don't I, have to sort of equate that like scary thing to like a little you know character no, on screen. I, I, I understand that. So I don't, I don't I understand that. It's just. For some reason, it. Just, I think maybe it's my innate, uh, my innate kind of. Um, I don't like first-person shooters, and I think that carries over to first-person games. It wasn't a shooter, though, was it? It was the uh, sort of the fact that they put in it. I know, but it's, it's, it's also the kind of, field of view as well with first-person. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that's it. But, but thing is, exceptions to that are things like Alien: Isolation, Amnesia, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think Dead Space as well being a third-person game well, was a good I, exception I, I, because I, I will say this about Alien: Isolation. Alien: Isolation wasn't scary; it was just annoying because yeah. if you were noticed by the alien, you were dead, and yeah. you didn't yeah. want that to happen. Then having yeah, to start again. That is, was that was more tension than than actual yeah. scariness. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. You know, um, and I think it was just that's annoying. One, really, I think that's one of the reasons the first-person first-person horror games don't really get me that much. They don't make me tense. You know. It's all about the audio, Rob. Yeah. That's how it. That's so how. If do you're it. listening on two point one, or like a two, you know, just normal pair of headphones, you won't get the same sort of effect as the full-on surround sound sort of thing. Because if if you're walking down, mm. you just hear, oh, there's a thing on my left, and then you look there, and there's nothing there, but it's actually behind mm. you. Then it's not. It's not. You don't get the same effect because a lot of it now is sound design and how everything looks. Mm. 
um, yeah, it's, it's all about immersion. Yeah, it's all about immersion. It's just uh, when I, uh, you know, when I said PT wasn't the scariest game I've ever played, the scariest game I've ever played was again a demo like PT, but it was the demo that came with the original Metal Gear. Oh, you in you in Silent Hill, man? Well, yeah, because <laughs> that that particular thing was just wave after wave of zom- uh, 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 of dead babies with knives trying to kill me. Just and the, and the hundreds do. of them. There's no way to survive that. There, there's no way to survive it, but you basically, the first time you play it, you don't know that. Yeah, It wasn't in the end of the game, was it? It was just in the demo. It, was just it might in have the been demo, a bit too bleak and hopeless it, for see, people. I think a, a key mechanic to any horror game <clears throat> is obstruction. Again, the first person style of game. Well, I wouldn't say obstruction. Uh, I'll get to this. The obstru- I would say it's power, power level. If you feel powerless, it's more effective. Yeah, and I think obstruction helps that. For example, first person, you are limited to what you can see. You can't see what's behind you. You can't just flick the camera and sort of get an, a thing, an idea that something's behind you. Uh, sometimes it's a, a lack of UI, so you know, you, you're not looking at the map all the time. It really does make you feel like a part, like you're in this situation. Yeah. And I think with those old ones, I think the most scary thing about them is just the... The wonky controls, you know, you yeah, that always frustrated me about Silent Hill. Silent Hill's yeah. scary because it it's sludgy to control. Yeah, and you're like, Ugh! Well, no, Silent Hill yeah. is scary because it's Silent Hill, man. Yeah, Come on, exactly. it's not because of the controls. Uh, uh, I, the controls don't help. No, 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 the don't. controls don't help. But general, but the thing is, uh, I, I, it kind of annoys me a little bit that people go, oh, the controls were the scariest thing about the game. That's because you know, did you actually sit down and play the game? And it was annoying. most of them probably haven't most of them pro- probably tried playing it for five minutes and then put it down because they didn't like the control as a consequence the uh, initial ones have dated horribly they have horribly they have yeah dated horribly. it's very, i find the the old ones very stop and start yes they are very stop and start and i yeah i can break a bit of immersion a bit and i think that's what dead space did really well uh, yeah the fact that the entire you user interface was on Isaac himself. It was on his back. Like your health is on his back. Everything, even like the guns, the ammo, and was your, like your menu. Like he holds up a thing on his arm, and it was like a little display. Yeah. And not up. once did it. It didn't break immersion. Once no. I think the only time was when you were in safe zones. But yeah. you know, you needed a safe zone. It did. was just a, a, a release from that yeah. relentless. Uh, you, you. Oh, is it going to kill me? Yeah. Right, yeah. I just want to take it away from video games for a little bit because we have dwelled on uh, dwelled yeah, on fine, video games fine. for quite a while. We've pr- we pretty much ignored things like animation and comics. Well, we've barely touched Mal- on TV. We started. We've barely on TV. touched on TV as well. well and I, 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 I was going to mention Penny Dreadful, which I'll do later. We'll, on. we'll, we'll come back. To um, but in comics, for example, Marvel basically did like the Marvel Zombies thing. Yeah. Uh, to start off with, and I, I it always pu- puzzled me as to why they did the Marvel Zombies thing. And then uh, recently, for Free Comics Book, Free Comic Book Day, they did like the Avengers versus Attack on Titan. Really? Yeah, that's um, kind of yeah. yeah it's it's all funny, about. like Attack on Titan. Really, that's you know. Well, that's not. It's, it's, a horror, it's kind it's, of a horror. It, it's just basically like big ass zombies. Well, it is basically big-ass zombies, and uh, everyone seems to be focusing on Attack on Titan going, oh, yeah, it's kind of the pinnacle of horror. And I'm like, well, no, it isn't. It's not horror, but it's it's definitely... It has that... Unsettling. It has is this problems. Attack on Titan you're referring to as horror? Well, it, I suppose it, it, it does is. have horror, a lot of horror elements. It's, it's got the violence, it's got the escalation of horror, but it's got it's it's much more based on sort of the heroism 
yeah. and fighting uh, back. Which the polit- political sides uh, of it which, as which well. Neither yeah. of which don't really have a place in horror. It's all yeah. about sort of gut reaction I'm, in, in the horror. Is, uh, when we talk about animation and horror, one of the first ones I'd go to these days, especially after you guys recommended it, is Gravity Falls. Oh, it's, 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 it's almost perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, because it, it and it doesn't sugarcoat it for kids no, either. It doesn't, it's got it an really episode. Doesn't. It's got an episode with legit zombies. It's not yeah. like cutesy sort of candy zombies or eyebrow zombies. It's legit zombies that are going to kill, eat these children. Oh, but I yeah. do like that Adventure Time episode. Ah oh, man, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, the thing is, it, it's just when the like the little old like grave digger man just starts getting eaten. It's like, oh god. <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's got yeah. a bit of charm to it. The, the, well, the thing is. Even something like Rick and Morty has certain uh, has certain horror elements in there, but the way Rick and Morty approaches it, I I, I really like because it doesn't kind of treat it as anything scary. You it's got, not in your face. It's not it. in your face, and Rick just turns around and basically, you it's know, like everybody's favorite movie, for, Inception. And if it doesn't make any sense, that means your favorite movie's stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, but then when you move across to, say, anime, you start getting some weird weird stuff. I mean, everyone keeps to- keeps telling me, oh, you should watch another because it's such a good horror. I watched another. It's not a good horror. It, it, <laughs> uh, anime horror is kind of unfashionable. I don't think it'll ever be fashionable, Thing which is, is ironic because not- Japanese horror is kind of one of their biggest exports. The sad part is... It doesn't make any sense. It's like there's no Yakuza in like, in. Anim- or delinquents really in anime yeah. why are all these popular things being buried in anime Here's I don't think elements of horror are being inserted into anime with things no like there Tokyo. are so, there are some dyed in the wool horrors in anime yeah. but right. they're buried but nobody pays like nobody Tokyo pays attention Ghoul and things Tokyo that, Ghoul uses uh, the, horror elements they, they, yeah, yeah they, they, they dance around the horror subjects because they know they're more dark and more mysterious more interesting but it's not horror okay aside from the hair uh, aside from the hey. horrific hair in this particular series, it was a dyed-in-the-wall horror because it basically took the monsters and then flipped it on its head and turned the humans into the monsters by the end. So you actually empathised with the monsters who were actually killing the humans in the beginning. Shadow um, of the Colossus? No, Shiki. Uh, well, Shadow of the Colossus is kind of yeah, a horror. Yeah, uh, Shadow of the Colossus is, it is a horror. Uh. You know, um, but Shiki was basically small town, a small village in the middle, a small rural village, new family moves in, People start dying. They've got puncture wounds in the neck. The local village doctor, he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's conducting all these experiments on his dead wife who's come back to life and is trying to trying to drink his blood. And he doesn't know what's going on. He thinks it's some kind of phage or something like that. And as things develop, they eventually realize that they have been in, you know, they have accepted vampires into the community. And then the village goes mad and then they become the monsters. Because all of you the do, villages... You do, you do reference this a lot, though. That must... I mean, it is not a, a lot. Very, it's not a lot else to reference. There are if other that things. That, there are other things. Ghost Town deals with out-of-body experiences and has very, very creepy elements. They use, they use a lot of sound design in ghost elements and a lot of kind of white noise and stuff like that to really hammer home that what you think, is, what you think about horror, isn't necessarily horrific. Yeah, I've never really found anime to be scary. It, Ghost Town is more creepy than scary. Yeah, and Shiki is more kind of you know what makes you know which is the monster and which is the man. Um, in anime, the horror stuff tends to be gorier than yeah, scary. It's compensates, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, the thing is, it, it is overcompensation because the gore doesn't really make it horrific in any way. Because people think uh, like Helsing is yeah. the horror anime, but no, it's just really violent. Yeah, same things like Elf and Lion and stuff like that. Another one that nah. I, another one I reference quite bad. a lot when I talk about horror in anime is Boccarano. Hmm. Um, Boccarano is basically, 
you have uh, a group of children who are on a on a holiday and they find this this cave by the seaside and in that cave there's a, there's a guy there with a bunch of computers and he invites them to play this game that he's making so they all make a contract except for one next thing you know there's a giant robot and the kids basically have to fight another giant robot now this guy hasn't explained any of the rules they just think it's virtual reality or something like that it's like a really high tech game they win but the the lad who was the pilot in the robot all of a sudden falls off this really high robot because he's already dead mm. because the robot has used his life essence what's happened is that they are now involved in a game for the existence of their reality against other realities that are slightly different to theirs. And if they win, they'll continue to exist. And it's children who are fighting this battle, using putting their lives on the line to save the world. And these kids are all about, you know, 13 and younger. Yeah. Mm. And the horrific part of that isn't the fact that these kids are putting their lives on the line. It's the reaction of all of the adults around the world in Mm. terms of, you know self-preservation greed everything like that mm. yeah i just i'm gonna look for a list now and i, I mm. can't help but still linger on the fact that you know i think anime is just borrowing themes of horror like you've got things like again elf and lie dead man wonderland oh god they they get tedious yeah uh again that's what i was sort of saying it's which is why i mentioned three titles and that's it yeah <laughs> uh blood last vampire yeah. The original Blood the Last Vampire movie that was mm. done by a production IG during the nineties, that one actually was uh, that one actually had a lot of horror. Heck, elements. even Dangum Romper to a certain degree. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um yeah, but I mean thing is the zombie episode in Space Dandy was probably the most perfect. Oh I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> it's probably the most perfect zombie episode I've seen in an anime ever. Okay. Um should we take a break and then do Pick of the Geek or have we got time for um, I think uh, I think we've got a bit of time for uh, for us to head back to TV for a little bit. Yes, if that's all right. Let's do it because I do want to. I do want to bring up um, Penny Dreadful. I want to bring up various things. Yeah, I know you want to bring up various things, but keep it in your pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes, pants jokes. But yeah, Penny Dreadful. I, I, it 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 uses a lot of kind of horror elements, but it. It makes really good entertainment out of them. I'm and I'm actually surprised at how enjoyable well, it, 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 it is it, it, as a TV series. It's not so much a horror, but yeah, it's using it in a sort of way that uses um, sort of reappropriated stuff in a sort of yeah Edgar Allan Poe universe. Yeah, sort of reappropriates like horror icons into this sort of weirdly gothic Edgar Allan Poe universe, and yeah. It, it just really works. It's like when, uh, you know, when Doctor Who utilizes something really well, say a vampire or something like that, but it's a really good episode. I mean, The Weeping Angels, for example, the original yeah. David Tennant episode called Blink with The Weeping Angels. Yeah, that, that's good, a, that's yeah. a proper horror episode. Yeah, I find another good one is The Clockwork People, uh, yes. The Girl in the Fireplace. Yeah, that's another really like, unsettling one. Yeah, but, uh, you know, um, Doctor Who, when it uses horror, horror quite well it really works oh yeah they are always unsettling um well um, yeah they are really good elephant in the room is when you talk about tv horror is the walking dead because i kind of made it popular but walking dead's not horror no it's not it 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 very much goes back to what rob was saying earlier about the anime no i mean i mean the humans are more scary than the zombies no no but it's not a horror it's just a survival drama. Yeah, so I'm, must admit it. I'm yes. finding now that with with the overuse of zombies, that it's kind of its own genre now because it's just oh look, there's zombies. You've got eye yeah. zombie. You have to survive. 
Yeah, well, high zombie, I don't understand that. So she eats the brains of murderers and then is able to solve the crime. That's kind of like Chew, though, isn't it, in the comic book? Yeah. Kind of. Is in chewing something and solving something. Or life after. um, Like I said, I just find that there's too many things out there that are just zombies and... It's just yeah. become its own sort of genre, separate yeah. from horror. You've got things like The Return, there's a yeah. bunch of zombie like dramas. Yeah, it's, it's not... For, for me, zombies... I don't even think of zombies when I think of horror anymore. No. That's why I think, especially in these TV shows, they have a different approach to zombies saying, you know... Uh, I can't remember what they are, but like they don't really treat them like zombies. They're just dead people that have come back to life. See, um, I like... Uh, I don't mind the whole dead people that have come back to life idea, but there was an, uh, just bringing up an anime just as a reference point only there was an anime uh, anime called uh, zombie master right and i always wanted wanted someone to do a tv show called zombie master where it was just this little old haitian lady right who needs jobs doing around the house so she keeps going to the graveyard and raising people from the dead they're like paint my house mow my mow my lawn because that was originally what zombies were that sounds brilliant <laughs> you know but yeah, I think problem with zombies, especially TV, is that they're too dramatised and made to feel sympathetic towards them. Yeah. Aww, there's nothing wrong with sympathetic zombies. Ah. Yeah, but no, I think the big one again is like you were saying earlier, Rob, was probably American Horror Story, and I think the way that works is that you know a horror film roughly like would last an hour and a half, or at least this you have good 10 episodes to create a reasonably solid story give a lot of backstory meaning to things and you can What's slowly the problem un- there is you can slowly unravel plot in characters yeah it's just a bit too involved isn't it for what horror is it's more mystery led well it is yeah and often i find especially with american horror stories that it it changes pace very randomly but it's interesting because it's very unpredictable it could be a very nice scene which could easily escalate into (laughs) a brutal death which has happened a lot Uh, horror fundamentally is we're normal in normal situation here oh crikey there's a big horrible thing let's get out of here let's survive or let's kill it and that's and kind of there's nothing really scary about american horror story but in terms of being really like making you feel uncomfortable it does it really well good day i'm graham stark and I'm Kathleen DeVere. From the internet comedy powerhouse, Loading Ready Run. And you're listening to The Geek Show. And now we're on the final onslaught of this show about the new age of horror movies and horror stuff from the past five years. Not just movies, everything. Yes. Uh, pick of the Geek, then. Um, should I go first? Uh, I could recommend one straight off the bat if you want. Well, I was going to go. Okay. So. But um, TV show, kind of contradicting everything Ryan just said about zombies, but I'm going to do it anywhere. But in the flesh, it's interesting. It, it's not really horror, but it uses um, in the idea of the zombies as something much more sympathetic rather than uh, this wait, is just a monster that which eats one's flesh. In the flesh again? It's the uh, BBC Three one set in Yorkshire. Ah, I was thinking about that one. That's yeah. the one I was sort of thinking of. Yeah, that's like a, a nice exception to the rule because uh, playing off the back of that, there was. Like, I'm not using this as picking a gig, but it sort of has that idea of a sort of sympathetic. Like using a monster to sort of imply some sort of sympathetic um, storytelling. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, the, the example was um, yeah. Harold's going stiff, which sounds like a pawn. Yeah, I, I but it's about how people become it. like zombie-like creatures when the limbs get stiff and they can't move properly. It's that sort of sympathetic angle on new stuff, which, oh, yeah. or like old monsters, which I think works really yeah. well. I, I sort of said that like 
that was the one I was thinking of, but there are a few others that have taken from that and very much go on going the same thing, but that was the one that I know that was good and I was yeah. sort yeah. of referencing. Mm. But yeah, uh, in the flesh with a little side note of Harold going stiff there. Both mm. worth checking out. Yeah. Both I, British as well. I think my one, I, I only have a couple because I don't really watch horror things, but mm. um, you've already mentioned it, Gravity Falls. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's it's a little story about a couple of kids that go on holiday to Gravity Falls, Oregon, with their grunkle Stan, mm. so great uncle Stan, and um, they just get into a load of hijinks with like a mystical type forest thing, and lots of things happen. So, don't want to go into it too much because you can literally spoil everything just by talking about it. So, yeah, I mean, I I had it was one of those movie, like, TV shows which is accepted by. So it's aimed for kids, but it's like accepted by geek adults, which always like sets alarm bells when run run for me. Yeah, because the last previous one was Adventure Time. I watched that and it was horrific. Yeah, I mean this one's a bit different because Adventure Time yeah. was just um, I, I I liked Adventure Time a bit, but not as much as everyone seen it. It's like it was so silly. People liked it because it's yeah. just how random but, um, and outrageous it was. Gravity Falls has got a lot of um, people who decode all the hidden stuff that's inside it, and it's like full on. Just little snippets and like backwards. Their, their, like their inspirations are clearly like you can see, like you know what they're inspired by. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's just a really good all round show. And, and Rick and Marty's the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's more sci fi based. Oh, yeah, but yeah, still, yeah. very good companion series. The two yes, of them, yeah, yeah, excellent mm. companion series. Uh, I've, so I've already mentioned this, but again, the so far the latest season of American Horror Story Hotel, which is so far again the. It's probably one of the most like outrageous, violent, and like saucy <laughs> seasons out there. Sauce. No way around that. It's again. I think there's only three episodes at the minute, and it is. It is really good, and it again. It's it sort of takes those sort of weird surrealist elements, but then it it's again. It it seems like it's only the start. It not everything is quite unravelled, but it first episode in i was like whoa that just completely just like knocked that one episode just knocked all the others just on onto the ground and how mm. it's like yeah the tone for this one it seems like they're trying to push the limits of what they can do if it's hotels is it copying sort of the, the shining idea to a degree yes but it's a lot more mm, s&m mm. seedier oh, very, okay. very well, obscure yeah very well, obscure. lady gaga's in there you'd expect that much wouldn't you yeah, no, she's she's really good. I, I was a bit worried, but no, she nails it. I think she's really good. Okay, uh, Rob, I'm gonna I'm kind of torn between the first two, um, so I might as well just say them both. Death oh. Parade, yeah, which is a died in the wool horror, and uh, one called Yami Shibai Japanese Ghost Stories, which is it's kind of a an anime and not an anime at the same time. It's very short episodes. They're only about four, three, four, five minutes long. And what it is, you know, um, when you get the uh, the old guy with the little with the little, uh, you know, the the little organ grinder, or, the little wind up organ. He's got a little stage mounted there, and he's got little puppets that he controls from the back. Yeah. It's one of those, and it starts off the same way. Come on, come on, come and hear this tale. And it's very kind of, you know, Tales of the Unexpected, uh, Jack and Ori, but really dark and really creepy. You know, um, and it deals with, like, grudges and old folklore filled with blood and all that stuff. Yeah. Really cool. You reminded me of my second one, (coughs) then. 
it's uh, it's kind of inspired by that. It's inspired by Jack and Ari, and it wasn't always horror based, but there was a lot of horror stuff in it. Yeah, but it was on a digital channel called Dave, funnily enough, and it's Krakenari. Yes, Krakenari had that sort of. It had like really sort of iconic British comic talent. I, I'm not going to go and run through a list because it's basically like a who's who of this generation's best sort of comedy talent. But they told like really awful stories of how basic things in life just went a little bit wrong. I come back to that Japanese thing, our Japanese cinema from horror from like 2000 era, which is about normal things but just a little bit twisted. Uh, it's crack- about the tone. Yeah, yeah Krakenari has that. It's played more for laughs, but it has some really horrific stuff, and it's just one of those series that was kind of went underappreciated but it's a, a fun little throwaway that Krakenari yeah uh, <clears throat> the next one's not horror as such but it's kind of like a bleak outlook on on society mm. which is kind of horrific in itself and that's a black mirror oh yes because Cheeky. it's just like <laughs> if, if you watch them, they're all like single episodes so you don't have to watch them in any sort of order um and it just kind of gives you this sort of outlook on how society could have been if yeah, sort of very, thing. very dystopian. Yeah. It's, it's very like this yeah. could very well be happening. Sort of thing. best thing Charlie Brooke has ever done. Oh, definitely. He, ever he, he predicted the pig gate. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that it's one. It was hilarious. It's a cracking good series. So, um, while not properly horror, like I said, I don't really watch that much horror stuff. Um, it's it's horrific, just a really yeah. nice, yeah. Dis- you know, sort of strange look on things. That the more you look into it, the more unsettling it kind of gets because it's like, is this where we're going? Yeah, it, it's hopefully they're doing more episodes of that on Netflix, like they were I, that I a little so, while yeah. ago. Speaking of Netflix, actually on Netflix, there's a like a sort of like American copy of a dark web, uh, um, Black Mirror. Call, I think it's called Darknet or Dark Web, and that's it's Canadian, again, wasn't it? Hmm? It's Canadian, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, sorry, Canadian. Yeah, but that's again, if you like that, then you might like this. That's also really good. I like binged watch all those episodes I absolutely loved it I may have to uh, check that out it's really good thank you for that one Uh, was that yours? no no my cheating mine (laughs) is the Babadook oh you you whore (laughs) you whore of Babadook (laughs) definitely one of the best horrors to come out in the past past five years and it's one of the more recent ones as well but as you know, I was saying how a lot of these horror films these days, you know, are going for jump scares. While Babadook is complete opposite, and it is completely nailing down unsettling tone, and it does it in a, such a superb way. No, I can't recommend that one more. And the thing is, though, some pe- a lot of people don't like it. Which shame on you if you're one of those people. But I can see why. I think it feels like we've just been indulged into you know jump scare mania just all the time that when we actually do get something that you know it again because we've become so desensitized trying to find unsettling material is very hard to come by but i think the babadook does that the best and as the most recent example and definitely again one of the best horrors of the past five years rob um i'm gonna pick one that came out recently it is another anime I'm just trying to just trying to point out that there is a lot more diversity to um, what classes as horror in anime than just the gore that everyone seems to focus on. Um, this one was an anime series that in English is called School Live. Uh, the Japanese title is Gakko Garashi, and it involves a group of 
a group of girls living at school, and you know they call it school live, but it should actually be called school life because the zombie apocalypse has happened. And these three girls, uh, well, uh, this small group of girls, are pretty much the only survivors from their school. And they're living at school. And the main character has suffered a massive mental breakdown and now operates under the delusion that everything is fine and everybody is okay. Even though the zombie apocalypse has happened from her worldview, everyone is fine. Everyone is okay. And her friends are basically working hard to try and keep her safe, but they're all they're all breaking down as well. And it's just kind of it's not so much about the zombie apocalypse, it's that's more of the backdrop. It's more about of it's more kind of in the Walking Dead mold with how the characters themselves psychologically cope with the idea of the world ending. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I found the last one. It's a hell of a view picking, man. Uh, <laughs> it's a hell of a view. But I found another one. Uh, Barbarian Sound Studio, which is much in the uh, vein of uh, the Babadook. It was very misunderstood. It, it follows like a Jallo film. Although it's a Jallo film about the making of a Jallo film in which the guy who's doing it gets so obsessed with the sort of the Foley work of making sound effects, of making like a stabbing sound sound like a stabbing sound. He loses his mind, and I it, need to watch this film. It's a film which is all about sound design. I need to watch this film, and it's just exquisitely pitched. It's just very, 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 very clever. And it can give me some inspiration. It will, it will, because uh, it's it's, a, it's very much art art horror. Mm. But I think like a lot of the best stuff is art horror, and yeah, Barbarian Sound Studio is just one of these little. It's been a little bit lost in the mix, but it's a fantastic, fantastic oh, little that's, film. That's on our, at the top of my watch list. Yeah. I think... we got any time for any more, are we? Um, aside from that, I'd just recommend people... Uh, recommend anime fans watch Shiki and Ghost Town and stuff like that. And just Come ignore like all... Ghost Town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <here we> go. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> he was... Ryan shimmied at us. He shimmied. Waving his hands in the air like he just didn't care. Yeah, I know what you meant, no. It's the, uh, I can't remember the name of the band. This town. Specials. Yeah. That's going on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, uh, aside from the ones I've said. Anybody else? Ryan, got any lingerers that you just want to bring up, Ravelin? Uh, well, I was going to bring it up after, sort of to coincide with what Rob's last choice was, but uh, they're sort of like uh, Maggie, which was had a star on Schwarzenegger. And again, that was sort of a sort of a zombie film that was set after the zombie apocalypse like you saw they, they managed to contain everything everything's good uh, there's still a couple of zombies lingering around uh, everyone's you know working together but it, it, life seems fairly normal in fact it, it's at a point in time where everything is so almost normalised that kids are getting ready to go back to school because you know they've sort of managed to get through this traumatic well they've, they've got over the apocalypse and that deals with more of a illness side of it of like terminal illness and eventually like um Arnold Schwarzenegger's um character's daughter is bitten Maggie and it's about her like slowly just coping with the fact that you know she is slowly going to turn to a zombie and there's mm. it deals with that really nicely but from a terminal illness perspective it's really um, good considering I just mentioned just mention it quickly you did a really good job there <laughs> I tease I tease I'm sorry 
<laughs> but yeah, that is all we have time for, uh, unfortunately. This has been our episode of The Geek Show, all about the last pi- pi- the new age, the new era of horror. And next week is going to be our uh, Halloween special, and it's going to be something a little bit special, but I'm not going to yeah. mention anything about it, because we want it to be I, completely... I, I, I can say one thing. One thing, then. One thing about it. Next week, everybody gets to go on an adventure. That's all we're going to leave that at. But yeah, there's loads of ways to keep engaged with the uh, the Geek Show. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on um, Mixcloud. No, not Mixcloud. I'm doing social networks. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on my, my anime list. list. We're on Steam. We're on Mal. We're, we're, all, we're everywhere. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, which is located on the sidebar of a website, thegeekshow.co.uk, on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please give us a rating and a, a comment if you like, because it will help us become a bit more visible. Uh, and you can also support us by having a look-see on our little shop-see, which is The Geek Shop. You will find a tab on our website, thegeekshow.co.uk, uh, called Shop, I believe it was, wasn't it? The Geek Shop, it's called. Yeah. It's also on Facebook, yeah. on our Facebook page. So if you um, buy your yeah. T-shirt, you will be supporting us in the best way possible, and that will help us. And you might like the T-shirts we yeah. have as well. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can look cool. Yeah. And, uh, yes, that is all we have I'll just send for. a message I'd, I'd if you like want. just like to add, actually, um, don't forget to send all uh, Back to the Future fan fiction and fan art to... Um, yeah. Rob studio at, at studio at thegeekshow.co.uk. Um, just, just to make sure he gets that. Um. Yeah. Oh well. And yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you very, very much for listening. We'll be back next week with a very special show. And uh, I have been Rob. I have been another Rob. I've been Spooky Ryan. I've been Normal Craig. Thanks. For 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.